0: them on their backs, butt
1: them in the mouth, knock their ass in the dirt. That's what we got to do. We got to stop that buddy ball. Smash everybody in the mouth. Hey, baby, we're going to be here all day, baby. I like this kind of party. I like this kind of party, baby.
0: This is Hour 3 of Big Dog Sports Talk with Rick Watson on the WRAD Talk Network. Do you? We're the underdog. We're mutts!
1: My number one play is the power sweep. If you only knew
0: the power of the dark side. Uh Uh
1: Ludicrous speed! Go!
0: Time for the Big Dog Sports Talk Power Hour.
1: Gonna tell
0: Octagon needs. Little Richard, of course, being the Octagon. When you run down the list of the most influential rock and roll artists in the history of mankind, Little Richard's name, if it's not in the top two or three, then throw away your list, get out of the business, and go listen to classical music. It's the 8 o'clock power hour. Thanks to Mike Burnup. Thanks to Jermaine Farrell. We're segueing right in now. It's the offseason, or is it? No, there's never an offseason for the National Football League. My goodness. It dominates the headlines, and here to talk about some of those headlines, he's our NFL correspondent, our Radford University Hall of Famer, the great David Smith. David, how are you, my brother? Good morning.
1: Great. good morning to you. And, yeah, the NFL doesn't have an offseason. It just has the next season. <laughs> so it's, whether it's the franchise tag day, which is today, or next week, it's free agency day and followed by last week, I should say with the combine weekend and, and then it'll be uh, the schedule release after the draft. And so, and we're here for all of it, my good friend. And I'm not mad at any of
0: it. No, no, we are not mad at any of it. And I guess the biggest news so far with the quarterback drama is Derek in new Orleans. And people were saying maybe he was trending toward the jets at one point, but he ends up down in Louisiana and Speaking of the Jets, they're sitting around wondering what to do. Atlanta, I mean, the Raiders, I mean, what do you think and what are you hearing now? Because these are there's some big dominoes that are going to fall before I think uh, true free agency begins on the 13th.
1: Well, Derek Carr, um, he, he messed it all up for everybody that thought Aaron Rodgers was going to be the first domino. Derek Carr was like, I'm not going to be anybody's Scotty Pippen to Jordan. I'm not going to wait and be the guy you guys see as a default selection. Nope, I'm going to go to New Orleans. And we, it, it had been reported that he had visited, but it didn't gain a lot of traction. No, maybe because no. it wasn't a super sexy destination. But, Rick, if you think about it, he played for, I think, Dennis Allen at one time. I think they were together in, with the Raiders, maybe. Um, and And... I guess if you think about New Orleans, for some reason we seem to have forgotten that they struggled in the quarterback play last year. You know, you lose Drew Brees, and then you know they've got they've got Jameis Winston. He went through injuries and the whole bit, and so they really need somebody in there that can direct that thing. And and from what I'm reading, the New Orleans receivers and the team is excited to have him. They feel like he might be the piece that can come in, no drama, just football. Uh, he's playing indoors in a in a division that's winnable. And so he is, the Derek Carr, that is, has never played for a team that's had a top defense, never a top 20 defense. I find that impossible to think that the Raiders, as an organization, could have gone, I think he's a nine-year career, Rick, I think it is, or something like that. Yeah, right. And they've not had a top 20 defense. And yet last year, again, that football team made the playoffs. Now, of course, the Raiders had some... Some issues, you know, you had the whole John Gruden thing. You had the whole upheaval in the organization. They moved from Oakland to Vegas. So it's been a lot with the Raiders. But Derek Carr, to me, has not been the problem. In fact, Derek Carr may have been the most solid part of that. And now he heads to New Orleans, where he competes in a division with Atlanta and Tampa Bay, who's going through transition, and Carolina as well. So, so when you think about it, the fit seems solid. And, of course, that lends itself to the next domino. Aaron Rodgers yeah. and the Jets. And so and so now, Rick, when when I look at this thing and just listening to stuff the other day, it sounds like Aaron Rodgers is interested as well. <clears throat> uh, go figure. Um, but can you think about him with in New York City with that media? They're not going to put up with his aloofness without giving him the business. So is he ready for that? That's why I always thought Vegas was going to be a landing spot for him. I still don't know that it won't. <clears throat> But there's the, the New York Jets thing is gaining traction, and you can certainly see it on the surface. You know, you've got a top defense, a top defensive-minded coach that's putting people in position. They've got the offense and defensive rookies of the year. That Sauce Gardner's a dude. Oh. So when you think about that, if you think about the Jets and Aaron Rodgers, you see it as a great opportunity. Here's my concern as I hand it back to you. What can you count on with Aaron Rodgers Is it going to be every year this? Well, let me go see. Let me go in darkness. No shade to his methodology. We just don't need to hear it every year. It's so much stuff. Does it wear on franchises? And are the Jets willing to say, if he can bring us a Super Bowl, the first since Joe Namath, would it be worth it? So that's where I see those two quarterbacks in situations right now.
0: Yeah, I think to answer your question, it does weigh on franchises. It's so interesting to see Green Bay and their posturing here. I mean, they're not coming out and saying it, but doesn't it feel like they have both arms extended, David, pushing him in the back saying, please, just go ahead and leave at this point. It just feels like that, although they would never make that as obvious as that. But, yeah, I think maybe he's wondering if there's any hope to go back to Green Bay. But this thing just – I know the longer it goes, people are speculating he may end up back there. But this is just a strange – like you said, you're in and you're out, and it's not going to fly – if he goes up in three years, whatever deal he would get in New York, I mean, it's not going to fly up there. And I don't know how he fits in up there. I, that's why I'm still thinking Vegas might be a place that he's right. going to keep an eye on as well with Devontae Adams there.
1: Uh, that's, that's to me, the lean I see. And then if that were to happen, and there's the Jets all of a sudden without their top two choices. So now who are you looking at? Does Lamar Jackson then get offered an amazing amount of money yeah. to come to New York? Yeah. Can you imagine that? You got Jimmy G. All he's done is win with San Francisco, Super Bowl, minutes away from winning one, NFC Championship games. He's been to quite a few of those. And before he got hurt this year, he had the Niners on the upheaval. So um, to me, the Jets, you really want to make sure you don't miss out on everyone here. I think that's why it's going to be important to see what Aaron Rodgers does and I'm sure if we're sitting here thinking about it here in Virginia you know the contingency plans are running rampant for an organization like the Jets who really feel like if they can get the quarterback figured out they'll be in position to compete in the
0: the AFC East. David Smith joining us on the program the Radford University Hall of Famer he is our NFL correspondent there's a lot of uh, top college prospects that are getting a lot of a play right now and uh how you thinking they're going to play out here at the top of the draft, some of these guys, whether you're a quarterback or not?
1: Well, Rick, this is what's really interesting. I'm going to kind of combine this segment with what people are talking about around where the picks will fall. So so listening to the people I listen to way too much, Chicago with the number one, number one overall pick. Seems to me, and I'd love to hear your take on this, Set at quarterback, just go make Justin Fields your Jalen Hurts. We don't need to go and blow this thing up. He's still on a rookie deal. That is part of the narrative in building a successful football franchise is making the money fit. To me, when I think about Chicago with the number one pick, there is a strong feeling that they're going to move out of that position and gain draft capital to help build some people around fields. If that happens, Rick, you've got to think about Houston moving up from two to one, and then there's Bryce Young from Alabama that's just staring them in the face. That's, to me, who I see – them taking, the combine didn't do anything to to hurt Bryce Young's status. He's a smaller guy, but he was small in Alabama. He played in the toughest conference in in, in college football. All he did was win a Heisman Trophy, and I think he lost two, maybe three games out of 25 or 26 in arguably the toughest conference in, in college football. So to me, I think Bryce Young to Houston makes a lot of sense. I mean, we all know and recognize where Bryce Young could be. Then when you think about the number two pick, there's a lot of consensus here around Indy moving up from the four spot because it seems like they like C.J. Stroud. Mm -hmm. That would make a lot of sense because Indy, a lot like Houston, you've got to blow it up and start over with a new coach, new quarterback. That's what I see kind of happening. This is what Mel Kuyper had talked about happening. Other folks have said this. Go ahead, coach, get your guy in there. And you think about what this could mean. Your number one and number two picks could be mobile athletic quarterbacks, uh, a.k.a. Lamar Jackson, a.k.a. Justin Fields, a quarterback who can throw the football that provides you mobility. And as Tony Dungy says, those are the things that keep defensive coordinators up at night. You can do everything right, and a guy can make a play with his feet and extend plays, extend third downs to first downs. I think Stroud to the Colts make a lot of sense. Arizona's at three. They got They've got Murray locked up for a while. Again, another new coach. To me, Will Anderson makes a lot of sense to them, the consensus All-American from Alabama. He could be a guy that goes in there that got Simmons from Clemson on the defensive side. They just need to get Colin Murray together and on the same page. Something, Rick, something fell out with him and Kingsbury yeah. last year. I, it, that were they were guys and something didn't match along the way, and so that one gave me pause. They had to blow that up. And the four spot, Jalen Carter, the defensive tackle for Georgia, going to Chicago if they indeed fall back to that spot. That's the obvious pick for them. They have needs right there. You think about Chicago. If you can gain draft capital and you can get Jalen Carter, and I know his off the field situation needs to get cleaned up, and we certainly hope that that gets resolved. We talk about football here. The other stuff is ancillary while significant. But as we speak about football, Jalen Carter is a man's man. A lot of people have him the number one overall player in this draft. He fits well with Chicago. We know Chicago, build that defense, that's who they're made of. And so to me, that's where it stands. And then on the fifth pick, a lot of people think Carolina may move up. But a lot of people seem to think that Will Levis from Kentucky, who had no problem showing off his guns at the Combine, he certainly wanted people to know he could throw the football through a tornado. Now the question is, we've seen this before, Rick, for those of us that remember Jeff George, Jamarcus Russell, it never was about throwing fastballs. Can you quarterback a football team and lead them? A lot of people like Will Levis for the obvious reason. He had an underachieving team that he had to pull through, and a lot of people think those type of quarterbacks land well in the NFL. They think Ben Roethlisberger going to Miami of Ohio, where he had to be the guy, translated great to the NFL. Mahomes at a Texas Tech where the team wasn't set up with five stars all over, making life easy. These type of quarterbacks resonate well with GMs, A lot of people feel like Will Levis to Carolina could be solid at the number five spot. So those are some of my top five or my top five that I see potentially working. But there's a lot of moving parts between now and the draft as well as free agency as well as today's franchise tag, which will determine a lot.
0: Yeah, it will. I think the Bears are in the driver's seat. I mean, they've got their guy. I mean, the other guys you would consider at that position are basically the same type of player than you already had and a guy who's already got that experience. You know what I love too and I was was looking at an interview with Fran Tarkington and he's always been one of my favorite players because he was so elusive, right? His whole game was running. His whole game was getting out of the pocket and I started to think how he was criticized back then for the way he (laughs) played and yet what are we talking about today in the NFL, right? What is the most dynamic player you can bring in? A quarterback who can hurt you with his arm His head to know when to run and then what he can do with his feet. I love the fact that that's come full circle, but that's a topic for another day. But yeah, I think you're right. I think you're right on with that. I think the Colts really, really love Stroud. There's a lot of smoke screens that are thrown out there, but we'll know soon enough, you know, with some of these uh, trades that may happen the night before, but probably on draft day, but we'll see. And, you know, you have that. But before that, and from my perspective, as a Broncos friend, we don't have anybody in the first two rounds of the take. Free agency's coming, and there's some big names out there, and there's some organizations who are already starting to cut some people to make sure they have enough money to try to go out there and lure some of these names to their franchise so the draft doesn't have to be such a big deal.
1: And no question about it. And, and, and I'm going to throw one more prospect at you before we start talking about free agency, which is next week. And, and of course, franchise day wraps up today. Anthony Richardson went to the combine and ripped it to shreds. Rick, he is a he is a guy that a lot of people think with a little seasoning he could be your combination of Cam Newton and Lamar Jackson. He's he's at six foot four and two forty four. He ran like a, a sub four five forty forty and a half inch vertical jump. Throw it through a windstorm, and they a lot of people feel like with the right tutelage. And a lot of people feel like a Seattle, now that they've signed Geno to a long-term deal, three-year deal, long-term in the NFL, that he might be a fit out there. So we are going to keep an eye on that. But as far as the free agency goes, one last salvo on today being franchise day first, Rick. The Lamar Jackson thing is going to tip things, in my opinion, both this week for the franchise tags around the league, as well as the free agency next week. Because to me, with Lamar, there's two rules of thumb here with Lamar. <clears throat> if it's the exclusive tag, then he's a Raven, no ant no fans, or butts. And at that point, he can decide whether he want to sign the tag and play or sit out. Most people won't give up $45 million. The other thing is Baltimore is kind of playing this game of chicken with this non-exclusive, if it's $32, $32 million, the Ravens can then let him go out and work any deal you want. Maybe that's their way of saying, let's see what anybody wants to do for you, but we can match any of it and keep you. At that point, then the Ravens can say, Well, you can see that this is what it is, and we'll match that, and maybe they can then see, uh, or Lamar can see, that you're not going to maybe get that guaranteed deal. Now, I'm all about Lamar getting everything he got because the Ravens have blown this. They had a chance to get him. It's like a house. If you want a house, you better get it now. If you wait two years, it's not going to cost the same. And so Baltimore had a chance to do that. You think about Dak, Colin Murray, Josh Allen, Mahomes, Deshaun Watson. They all got deals. And those guys are in some ways less proven. None of them are Super Bowl winners except Mahomes. And he's an outlier. He's got his $400 million. But even his deal took a discount for the team. So it's long-term. It's $400 million. Patrick Mahomes is not worried about paying for courtside seats at an NBA game. He's good. <laughs> he did the deal. He's about winning. And so, to me, it's going to be really interesting. I think Baltimore holds, and, and, and Aaron Rodgers today – more so the Ravens, because it's a franchise tag deal, will hold the NFL hostage until I think it's 4 o'clock today. And at that point, Rick, we'll know more. And then next week, the free agency starts on the 15th. And to me, you said it best, teams are making great waves. Already. I think Frank Clark just got released from the Chiefs. They couldn't come up with a deal. I think they were trying to sign their offensive tackle. That was important for them. you got to keep Mahomes upright. So, once again, We've got a lot of things flying at us with the NFL, but to me, it starts with franchise tag day, what will Lamar get, and what offer sheets will come in for him.
0: Yeah, and I hope he does now at this point end up somewhere else because he's always been one of my favorite players, and I don't understand what's going on in Baltimore. I'm sure he doesn't. Probably a lot of it's the fact he doesn't have agency representation. They're trying to take advantage of him, but I tell you what, there's got to be something going on we don't know about with Lamar in terms of teams that are lined up that are talking to him because I have a feeling he's going to go on a revenge tour if he does end up somewhere else. Every time he would face Baltimore, he's going to remind them what they had in hand, and yet they didn't do enough to keep him. It's, it's crazy. It's crazy.
1: It is crazy. It's crazy. And then the other part that, that I need to be more versed on is if you get an offer sheet from another team, if your current team matches, you, I think, have to take it correct. Or do you not? I think you do. I think they retain your rights. Right. So, if, if you, so that's why I think Baltimore may do that. The question is, how will Lamar feel about the Ravens continuing to semi-hold him hostage instead of giving him the deal he wants? It's going to be fascinating to watch in the next couple of days.
0: It is. It is. Well, I know you'll have it all covered, my friend. And listen, I appreciate you. We'll be watching all this as it unfolds, and I hope you have a great week.
1: Sure will, buddy. And congratulations, Kenny Brooks. We know you're a listener. We told you a couple weeks ago, Rick, he was the good. That's right. (laughs) And congratulations to them. Another championship from the ACC in the New River Valley. Keep stacking them up, guys.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. All right, man, stay safe, and we'll talk again soon. Thanks, Rick. There you go. That's uh, David Smith, our NFL correspondent. Great stuff as always. No offseason in the NFL, and it's going to hit big today. As you mentioned, the franchise tag will expire. Free agency now less than a week away draft posturing, I mean it's going to dominate the headlines. I don't care that baseball is getting ready to start. We're in the March Madness. These NFL stories are going to continue to be the thing that everybody is focused on. You got the NBA, NHL going on. Nope. It's going to come down to the off-season in one sport overshadowing the seasons that are in play. That's why it's a monster that will never be stopped. The NFL. We'll be back. He won't sit. But, oh, boy, does he speak. And would you bring your attention to me? Now listen Hi, to me, you smooth talking, son of a... More Big Dog Sports Talk next on WRAD. And we're going to segue into our final segment for another day coming up as you roll along on this Tuesday. Everybody stay safe. News is next. minutes for the top of the hour. I mean, come back from the news with Joni Chet. I mean, she hates herself for loving me, but I can't, you know, I can't help that, Joni. It's just who I am. Sorry. But I've been waiting all day for Sunday night. That's the uh, song, by the way, they use for that song for the Sunday night football. Is this song by Joan Jett? A little trivia question for you. You may not have known that, but it's the exact same song. They just changed the lyrics. Carrie Underwood still performing that. Call us up, 639-4900. That's the Baker Team hotline. Text lines open 744-2990. Many of you, obviously, will hit us up on the text line on a daily basis. Good stuff. And speaking of good stuff, how good was that with David Smith? Man, oh, man. I mean, that's uh, big time as we get ready to rock and roll. Fun stuff. Had to get some Jermaine Farrell in there, too. Uh, Along with uh, Mike Burnup as tech prepares tonight um, for the – ACC tournament run there, hope they're on on the men's side. You know, he mentioned Aaron Rodgers. I saw Joe Namath yesterday. It's interesting because there's only one number 12 in Jets history that when you see the number, you know immediately who it is, right? Joe Namath. I'm not sure if there was a number 12 before he got there in 65, but it's been retired And it was much like the Broncos' first-ever quarterback, Frank Trapuca, who has since passed away. When the Broncos signed Peyton Manning, Frank Trapuca wore number 18. The Broncos had retired the number. When Peyton Manning was negotiating at the time with John Elway, who then was the GM, Frank Trapuca said, well, you know what, if Peyton wants to come, I'll be glad to let the number 18 come out of retirement. And Peyton Manning didn't want to do it. He said, no, I respect what that means so much to have your number retired. And the Trapuca family had to talk Peyton Manning into once he decided to come to Denver to wear the number 18. And he did. And now it's retired again forever. And it's not retired for Peyton Manning. It's retired for Frank Trapuca. But that was a special circumstance. So Joe Namath came out yesterday, which kind of tells me that maybe things are getting a little closer than we know about with Aaron Rodgers and the Jets because Joe Namath said, look, I'd be glad, glad to hand over the number 12. Bring it out of retirement if it means we, and he's been such a Jets proponent since he left, even though he finished his career with the Rams. I'll be glad to let Aaron wear my number 12. I'd be proud that he wore the number 12. And I think that's very interesting. Because I don't think that comment comes out unless it's a lot more going on with that. I can see that being the case, right? I really can. So keep an eye on that, Jets and Aaron Rodgers. I know we're all tired of it. I know I am. I got drawn into it last year when the Broncos, the only reason they'll never say it, but this is like everything else that's exposed is lie, which is what we're seeing now with All the things the media and uh, certain politicians have lied about over the last couple of years, it's now being exposed, and then you have some backlash, and then you realize, well, not much more I can do now. The Broncos hired Nathaniel Hackett because they thought it was going to bring them Aaron Rodgers, and it didn't. And then, of course, he was completely unprepared and unqualified to be a head coach in the National Football League. So – he re-signed with Green Bay. They had to put up with Hackett for a year. He was just the worst coach in the NFL last year. Now he's the offensive coordinator in of New York, and everybody's going to see from Bronco land. They're going to say, wait a minute. So now Nathaniel Hackett's with the Jets, and that's where Aaron Rodgers is going to go. Well, I'm sure it may have something to do with it, but I really think Green Bay wants him gone. I think Green Bay's just done. I really do. I think they're just – it's it's – Not ideal. You hate to see it be this way. But every year it's something with him. This whole retreat going into dark silence for a few days and walking out. There were no lights. All this stuff. I don't know how that'll play in New York. Maybe it makes him colorful. I don't know. But I think Green Bay is done with him. And it's hard to believe, right? You have a guy like that, a generational quarterback. But I think that's going to happen. Jimmy Garoppolo might be a Raider. That would make some sense, right? But every year we talk about the teams trying to get their quarterback situation fixed. And if they don't, they can't really proceed. But... We'll see what happens with uh, Green Bay. Do they just go ahead and let the love kid take over? I mean, they drafted him for a reason. I don't understand the Baltimore situation with Lamar Jackson. I don't know why you want to kick that guy to the curb. If you think Huntley's going to be the guy, you're sadly mistaken. I hope Lamar gets a good deal somewhere. We'll see. But if you do follow all this closely, just know that a lot of these things, other than the moves of, hey, this is your salary cap cuts and guys that are being released, but anybody who's posturing for the draft, most of the time it's a lie. I saw a couple of GMs last year say that about 95% of the info you hear surrounding the draft during non-draft season leading up to it is complete fabrication. Because no team wants anybody else in the league to really know what it's thinking. I mean, these NFL franchises, they set their draft boards. In some cases, they put them in a room to where you can only enter the room where all this information is stored. You have to have, like, facial ID, things like that. I mean, that's how... These are almost like nuclear military secrets, right? Because you don't want anybody in the league to know what you might be thinking on draft day. Though the Bears haven't been shy, they say, look, we've got our quarterback. I think that's the way you go. I think David's right. We'll trade out of this spot. Go ahead. Here's the formula. Here's what we need. Depending on how far somebody has to jump as well. And it doesn't always work. Right, It doesn't always work. 49ers traded a lot of draft capital to move up to number three to take Trey Lance a couple years ago. Hasn't worked. He got outplayed. Now they have a guy they took as Mr. Irrelevant, Brock Purdy, who's going to go into the season as the starter. They might end up dangling Trey Lance on draft day. Who knows? But it's an imperfect science. As much as all these folks spend time on it, they analyze players, Probably overanalyzed players. All the effort, the money spent flying around the country checking out prospects. Feels like you get a lot more misses than hits in the quarterback position. I mean, hell, last year I thought Broncos had finally struck a pot of gold. Pay dirt, oh my goodness. All the years since Peyton left, we've had Nobody. And now you get Russell Wilson. I thought that was going to just be a great fit. Then he gets with Nathaniel Hackett and has his worst year, and everybody questioning whether or not he's ever going to be able to come back. I think he will with Sean Payton. There's an adult in the room now in Denver as opposed to some moronic kid who was just completely overwhelmed by everything. So we'll see how it all plays out. March Madness, Tech tonight, opens up tournament in ACC action. Remember, they beat Notre Dame 93-87 in South Bend. That was the game, you know, Mike Burnett mentioned uh, Nate Leshefsky had 33. Grant Basile had 33 in that game as well. That's a late game tonight. (laughs) Mike, (laughs) Mike, Mike knows if Tech keeps winning, he's going to get the 9.30-ish start going forward the rest of the week. And I know how much Mike Young – Mike Young was on the show last time, and he said how much he hated the late starts. He didn't like the 9 o'clock games. Well, I think if it means his team's still playing, he'll, he'll probably not mind it as much. But that's the situation that Tech finds itself in. Saul Linardi's uh, bracketology just now was looking up during the break. He still has five ACC teams as all right now. He has Carolina as one of his first four out. They still have an opportunity to do some work, but that shows you the kind of year it is in the ACC. I still find it hard to believe only five teams are, are going to uh, make it out of the league. I still think they're going to at least get six in. And, of course, you may have some kind of uh, upset go in the ACC tournament. That might change some things, right? Somebody could do that. Somebody we're not talking about, like a Virginia Tech, like a Carolina. Who knows? Furman won their league last night. Bob Ritchie, who is a terrific guy and just one hell of a basketball coach. He's won nearly 75% of his games down at Furman. And he hasn't been popping up on a lot of Power 5 wish lists. you think they were just waiting for him to win a conference title because I guarantee you now, Bob Ritchie, at Furman team, can definitely win a game or two in the NCAA. He's gone. Clemson is a situation to watch for him. It's in close proximity. And uh, Brad Bunnell, I don't, I don't know if Clemson loses and they don't go to the tournament. If they lose in the first round, will he survive? I don't know. But Bob Ritchie's going to be a hot name in coaching circles. It's fun watching them last night. I like the way they play. Good guy. Got to know him. He was an assistant for years at Charleston Southern. And it's nice to see that uh, they're having success because uh, I like to see the good people that I've met throughout all my touring around the country, talking to other coaches with Radford Basketball, and he's one of the good people. And he is just a dynamic head coach. So I'm glad Furman was able to move on and get to the big dance because that's a guy that's going to do some really, really good things <laughs> at his next stop. St. Mary's, by the way, going to make it to the WCC title game. They'll play Gonzaga. So a couple ranked teams going at it, which makes a lot of sense, right? Tonight you have Richmond also in the first round of the A-10 taking on UMass. Of course, they've been without their head coach because of health reasons. Coach Mooney is still out as far as I understand. Mentioned the ACC games going on tonight. A lot of fun. A lot of fun. You're going to get the Northeast Conference Champion, Fairleigh Dickinson, and Merrimack tonight. St. Peter's and Fairfield in the MAAC Championship. Horizon League. You got Northern Kentucky and Cleveland State. Wilmington, UNC Wilmington, and Charleston. That's going to be fun to watch. The CAA Championship game. Pat Kelsey's had a terrific year, got a contract extension at Charleston. So there's a lot of stuff going on, a lot more bids to be secured tonight in college basketball. Fun, fun time. Enjoying it. Although I wish Highlanders were still going to be a part of it. It's a little tough. It was tough. I couldn't watch a lot of basketball Monday, like yesterday. I did watch some of the Furman game because I was pulling for Coach Ritchie. But when you lose like that and you're that close, when it came down to the final shot and you're knocked out and your season's over, You kind of get a little, okay, I don't want to watch any of these games right now. (laughs) I don't want to watch other teams celebrate. I just want to kind of get away from it for a little while. But I think I'm back on it tonight. I really want to watch the Charleston game, watch them play. That's going to be a dangerous team. They're going to be a very popular pick to run through this NCAA tournament, and rightfully so. That Kelsey won a couple NCAA games at Winthrop, so he knows what it takes to win. But whereas the Tech women are waiting on whether or not they're going to finally get that number one seed, which I think they will, the Tech Men, well, they got a long way to come starting tonight in the first round of the ACC tournament. We're coming back. Put the bow on another edition of the program. Review our Wednesday show. We'll be back. Whoa! Time out. Big Dog Sports Talk is taking a time out. No hold. Wait a minute. Time out. You want to say that one more time without the sarcasm? BTSD will return in a moment on WRAD. stuff today. appreciate Mike Burnett for joining us now at the ACC tournament. Jermaine Farrell, great uh, review of high school basketball. We've got seven teams in the area playing for state championships. Great tribute, by the way, from Jermaine for uh, Coach Hicks as well. Tomorrow, Keon Brown will join us, as well as Bill Roth and the Roth Report, maybe some other things popping up as well on a uh, on a Wednesday and I appreciate you great to hear from so many folks throughout the day and congrats to all the clubs that uh, moved on high school basketball wise girls and boys go Cougars my goodness it'd be nice to get that state championship been elusive for them third time they've been in the state title game in the last five years time um, to get it done this year ladies I hope that's the case. It'll be chilly overnight, warmer days or somewhat warm days, and then chilly overnight. That's what we're looking at weather-wise, but we're not going to complain, right? We're never going to complain as long as there's no nasty frozen stuff falling from the sky. and Nobody wants to uh, see that at all, ever. So that's your day ahead here on this uh tuesday as we head into wednesday again i appreciate everybody as always uh you can text me throughout the many of you do that 744-2990 even when the show is not going on instant messenger gets a lot of hit as well you can hit me there either uh through my account or the big dog account and uh, anything you want to talk about and cover we try to do that for you and i know people are getting antsy about these coaching hires you just heard mike i think mike's a little a little leery about the fact that there's no coaches in place and here we are we're a week out from spring ball and we're talking about the quarterback position and the offensive line I'm sure coach Bry has people that he wants to hire and it'll happen sooner than later but keep an eye on that too that's got to be rectified here soon right even though the coaches are on vacation right now enjoy the rest of Tuesday everybody we'll see you tomorrow You stay classy, New River Valley.